Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right. Hey, everybody. It is David, and it is another week of lighting. Thank you guys for joining us here on the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Once again, I'm David Henry, your host. And today we got some really exciting stuff. I'm really pumped to talk about a bunch of things today. Our main segment is going to be on um, what are the rules to designing stage lighting. And um, I'm really excited because we're kind of entering a, a new season, a new batch per se of podcasts. So the first, you know, 19 podcasts, one through 19, really kind of gave you a, a decent, you know, overview of some technical stuff, some lighting basics, stuff like that. And so now this this next segment, however long it may run, um, I've got a lot of it outlined, but we may add or subtract things as we move along. This next segment, um, as I was saying, is, is going to focus more on the artistic, more on the what to do once once you've got some lights. And so I'm really excited to share that with you today. First things first, though, let's dive into some lighting news. All right, at this point, it is uh, mid-June, and I'm really excited um, for this month. I've been doing a video every single day, uploading a video every single day to YouTube. We're calling it 30 Days to Become a Lighting Ninja, and it's just a really great collection of tips and tricks and things like that to, to help you get started or just improve the lighting that you do. So if you haven't checked that out already, go to learnstagelighting.com YouTube. That'll take you to our YouTube page. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get notifications. And uh, you're going to be able to see that playlist there, catch up with what you've missed already, catch the new stuff, and get the free guide for things that you need to know before you buy any lighting. So I'm excited to share that with you. Another exciting thing this week, um, as I'm recording this, it's the start of the Infocom trade show in Las Vegas. And what that means is sometimes there's new products. And one that got leaked, interestingly enough, is the Vista by Chroma Q. So you guys know if you listen that I talk about consoles a lot because the console really is the heart of your lighting system. And if you're going to spend a lot of time thinking about one part, one piece of gear in your lighting, it, it should be the console. And Jan's Vista for a long time has, has been a pretty decent lighting console. And it's one that a lot of churches use. Um, it's very backwards compared to other lighting consoles, but it's a very solid good piece of console. It's, it's a good console. It's not my favorite, um, but it's a good console. And, you know, previous to this in the past few years, I, I really stopped mentioning it to anyone or recommending it because they had completely stopped development of the thing. New hardware wasn't coming out. New software wasn't coming out. It was very odd and it, it didn't feel good. Well, earlier this week, the brand Chroma Q that makes professional lighting products announced that they have bought the Vista platform. Now, it's got a little bit of a twist um, because it appears that they only own the software. And so they've had to make their own new hardware to accommodate the Vista. And it's kind of interesting. Just my, my initial thoughts are, one, I know the guy who's the head of the consoles there, um, or at least probably is um, Paul. And um, he formerly worked at Martin and did consoles there. And and so I know they've got him on board and he's a really great guy. And so the third um, Vista software, they're calling it Vista V3. Previous to this, Vista was on V2. Um, looks a little bit more like a traditional lighting console. And they say it's able to work like a traditional uh, professional lighting console or like a Jens Vista. And so that's interesting because those previously were very, very different. 
They've also added some other things um, to it, as well as the new interfaces. So I'm really interested to see what happens. Um, the new interfaces look more like a traditional console. Actually, it kind of looks like they're going back in time to the uh, Jans 1000, an old console there. Um, but I'm really interested to see what they do with the pricing and the licensing of it and how much it costs to get into Vista. Because the, the main reason why I haven't recommended it in the past is it was so ridiculously expensive. Just to get a couple universes of DMX output was thousands of dollars. Um, and so it, it was really, really pretty crazy. You know, hopefully the uh, new system is uh, less expensive, easier to get into, and I'm excited to try out the software because uh, previously it's run on Macs and PCs, I believe, and so I'm, I'm excited to see what goes on there. Other than that, guys, that's about all I've got for lighting news today, so let's dive in to our main segment. Today in our main segment, and this may be a shorter podcast today, but um, I just want to talk quickly and shortly about what are the rules to designing stage lighting, okay? What are the rules to designing stage lighting? Because a lot of the times I get people asking me this, like, what rules do I have to follow to make my lighting turn out just right? What rules do I need to follow to make my lighting look professional? What rules do I need to follow to have that perfectly washed stage? And I got to tell you that... Um, the idea that there's rules that you have to follow is actually a little bit of a misnomer. So there's one rule. Well, there's two rules, okay? Rule number one, be safe, okay? And, you know, this is something I harp on here fairly often, but, you know, people get hurt. We work with heavy things. We work with things that are over people's heads. So always be safe and do safe work. Don't rush through things, etc., so that um, you can get something done faster because, People really can get hurt when you rush through things in this business, um, even if you're just doing it um, not as a business, but but rather as a hobby. You still really need to be safe, and that's really, really important, okay? Um, because, you know, you nobody wants you to get hurt. You want to keep all your fingers and toes. We want everybody else around you to keep all of their fingers and toes, and everyone will have a great day. Then rule number two is... There are no other rules, okay? So when it comes to design, and we're going to dive deeper into this as we kind of go through this season of episodes here on the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast, but the fact is there are many ways to make an even wash of light on a stage and make it look right. There are many ways to add movement to a stage. There are many ways to lay out your lighting rig so that it looks cool. There are many ways to patch a lighting console. There are many ways to patch a dimmer rack, etc. There's many ways to do pretty much everything that we do in lighting. And so I want to free you for a second because a lot of times people can think and think that there's rules and that there's ways they have to do things. And, you know, on the technical side, there can be. There's, there's power requirements. There's how to wire data, you know, things like that. Yeah, you, you got to follow the rules there, but... When it comes to design, when it comes to laying out your lighting, when it comes to deciding where to put what specific lights, there there really are no rules. And so I want to set you free there and get you ready for the podcast we've got coming up. I'm really excited about some of the topics we're going to be talking about, as a matter of fact, um, and I hope you are as well, too. And so that's really all I've got today. I just want to share that with you and just let you know that we've got some really exciting stuff going on here 
And next week, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about the four-letter formula. Some of you may have heard this before, but to others, it's going to be new, that I use to make great lighting design. This is something I use every time I sit down to design a show to figure out where to put my lights before I sit in front of my consoles, whatever. I use this four-letter formula to make great lighting, and we're going to be diving into that. So you don't want to miss that. All right, guys? So let's dive into our mailbag. All right, in today's mailbag, we have a number of questions. Uh, questions come through at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. People fill out the contact form there and uh, ask any questions that they have about lighting, uh, lighting design, where to put stuff, consoles, whatever, they ask it. And this week, we've got a number of questions, so I'm really excited to, to dive in and answer them. So the first person here is uh, Tyler or maybe Christy. Uh, <laughs> and she said she's a lady lighting programmer, um, singer-songwriter, and she has her eyes on a particular technology called Mimu gloves that are fascinating gloves that use MIDI or OSC to communicate with software using a wireless signal or, or maybe wired as well. Um, and then, so she said she's not familiar with using MIDI con to control lighting. So how does that work? All right. So Basically, I followed the link to the to YouTube that you sent me, and um, it didn't come up with anything. So I don't know what the deal is there, but that's okay, because I can still answer your question without seeing these things. It looks like they're a real thing. I just looked up the, the Mimu gloves, because I hadn't heard of that. Okay, and they're, they're, they're a real deal. So uh, I'm going to like that on Facebook myself um, to fall out on them. But basically, MIDI or OSC are two different ways that you can send control signal and they're both kind of designed for musical instruments but the truth is they can be used for pretty much anything and so when you're controlling lights via midi or osc it's not going to happen directly okay you're not going to come out of your midi port or out of a computer that has osc and just plug in to lights however there's going to be a lighting console or a lighting software in between the two and so your gloves, your MIDI keyboard, your OSC application, whatever you're using, and this is um, applicable to a lot of things, whatever you're using is going to send that MIDI or OSC signal, send those commands to a lighting console, which is then going to interpret them and trigger different parameters of your lights, different cue lists, different cues, etc. And so... Um, that is really how this all works. It's not about controlling your lights directly from these things, but rather you go to, you have a lighting console, you may already have one, and it gets those commands from MIDI or OSC, and then it's able to control lights via DMX. So yeah, this is something that totally can be done, and I think it's really cool as well. One note on MIDI and OSC is that you may have to use some kind of translation program, um, some consoles are going to require certain MIDI commands and some MIDI devices or OSC devices are not going to send out, are not going to be able to configure the commands they send out. Most will, but, but some don't allow you to configure those. And so if that's the case, you'll need um, some kind of MIDI translator or something like that in the middle. But I think this should give you a kind of a brief overview of how this would work and really help you get going. Awesome. Next, uh, Sean wrote in, and said, I'm in a bit of a tight situation in terms of lighting. We have a show where we cannot top mount lights. Our front lights cannot be very strong as well. They complain about being blinded. The maximum height we can mount in LED is about a person's head because um, you're just using regular lighting stands. 
etc. Um, so what should we do? Well, Sam, there's there's no um, super easy answer here. I wish there was an easy answer. I really, really do. But there's no easy answer here. Basically, the folks on stage have to understand that with the stands that you have, there's going to be light in their eyes. And so we're going to have to compromise somewhere, okay? If they want to be seen, and I don't know, you know, it really depends on who's paying the bill for your services and, and whatnot and, and what's going on there. But you need to tell the folks on stage, whoever these people are, that if they want to be seen, then the lights are probably going to feel bright in their eyes. Now, one thing you could do as well um, is actually mount your LEDs on the floor and point them up at the people. And while this kind of makes them look a little funky um, because it, it really highlights, you know, and throws some shadows up on their face and on the back wall, this can be a way to work with that because when the light isn't something they're directly looking into, when they look at the crowd in front of them, it doesn't seem as bright. But when it's, you know, on that traditional lighting stand about six feet in the air or so, and it's right at the person's eye level and they look at the audience, then yeah, it's going to blind them more than if it's off angle. If it's off angle, it's not going to look as good. But sometimes that's the compromise that needs to be made to be able to make decent lighting and also please the performer. All right. Now, uh, Andrew wrote in and said, oh, this is a great question, by the way. What is the best way to try out potential fixtures in consoles when they're new or low price and hard to find as a rental? He was mentioning, for example, some products I've been talking about here, the ADJ uh, PAR Z100 and the Light Shark. And how can I get a hands-on demo? Well, Andrew, there's a few ways to do this, okay? And, you know, it's, it's going to vary. So the first thing is you need to find who your local dealer is for these various companies, okay? So the Light Shark is distributed through Blizzard Lighting. The ADJ PAR Z100 is distributed through um, ADJ, of course. And find a dealer for those companies who is local to you. Because oftentimes, those folks can get a demo unit. And depending on your history with them, if you've bought stuff before, etc., they may be able to get you a demo unit for free. They may have to charge you to ship it one way or, or the other way or maybe both ways. But it's worth it if you're going to make a big purchase. The next way to do things is to go to manufacturers' websites and sign up for their email lists. And, and being in with the dealers helps with this as well. Because from time to time, and this is happening more and more often, manufacturers will do road shows or events where they run around the country and hit a bunch of different cities and, and have a day where they show off their lights. And so maybe there's one of those that's happening within a few hours of you and you could drive out there and go see it. Um, again, I don't know where you are if you're near a major city. Obviously, these tend to happen in major cities and wherever the company's headquarters are. And uh, But, you know, that's another option as well. And the last option, of course, well, there's two more options. The next option, Andrew, really is trade shows, right? So most of our industry trade shows happen in Las Vegas. Some of them are in Orlando as well, and occasionally you'll see one somewhere else. So be paying attention to those. Um, if you're interested, you know, Infocom this year is happening like right now as I record this. It's in Las Vegas, but I think next year it should be back in Orlando. That's what, usually what they do. LDI, the lighting show, is pretty much always in Las Vegas. Uh, NAM is in Anaheim, California. It's the National Association of Music Mer Merchants, and it's in January. And uh, that's where you'll find a lot of that gear. And then the last way is to not actually physically demo the gear, which is not fun, but 
to look for reviews. So like I've reviewed the Light Shark. I'm talking more and more about it on my site. Um, but the ADJ Par Z100 is one I actually haven't seen yet. I'm excited. I should be seeing it soon in the next couple of weeks. But um, in church production, and church production is one of a trade magazines like PLSN, like Live Design, like Lighting and Sound America. These are all different options. And in church production a few months ago, they actually reviewed, uh, Jim Kumarik from there, reviewed the ADJ Parsi 100. And so that could give me, that gave me a really good idea because people had told me about it and I'd seen the specs on it. And I said, this looks like a good light, but you never know how something's going to perform for real. However, they reviewed it and they had a very favorable review of it. Yes, it's an inexpensive light, but it really does a lot for the price. And so definitely um, check that out as well. There's there's a lot of different places where you can get some info like that, but sometimes, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to get in front of the light like you want to. All right, so Ann writes in and says, I'm using D-Pro to program a show. I've gotten quite a ways, and then another PAR was added, so she'd like to keep it in order in the patch. Her PARs are currently device number one through five, with, and there are other fixtures after those. I added the new PAR and would like it to be number six and shift the others down. Is there any way to renumber the fixtures? Okay. So, Ann, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Um, inside of Deepro, I'm not sure you can do that. All right. And so that's kind of unfortunate. I'm, I'm kind of playing around with it, but without actually repatching your show, and I just brought up Deepro here. I don't think you can renumber it. Um, Maybe somebody will, will reply to this podcast and say otherwise, but I'm playing around with some different things. You can move things around in the DMX patch through the patch devices window, but I don't think you can reassign device numbers in D-Pro. I'm trying really hard. So what I would do, Ian, is somewhat ignore the numbers and at least in your device browser to order them out of order so that they're in order. You know, so take, you know, go one, two, three, four, six, five, and that would... um you know, be the, uh, the new par. I'm not sure exactly. Or no, it's, it sounds like there's one, two, three, four, five. And then you've just added, you know, 34 or something like that. And so unfortunately I don't think you can move it around. I've been playing around in it a little bit for just a couple minutes here, trying to see if there's a way to do that. I'm not sure there is. So the next best thing would be to reorder them or in both your naming scheme, how you've named them in the device browser, you've given them nicknames and also in the uh, just order that you've dragged them around and, and sorted them in the device browser. So sorry about that, Ann. I wish uh, we could help you a little more there, but I'm not sure that we're going to be able to do that today. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. It's been a lot of fun. It was a shorter episode, but I hope you guys enjoy it as usual. Show notes, as always, can be found at learnstagelighting.com slash O20. And if you haven't yet, please do leave a review. If you've been listening to the show and you enjoy it, go ahead to iTunes, to Stitcher, and uh, you can find all those on the show notes page and just leave a quick review. Let me know what you think of the show and I'll read it out loud here on the show. And uh, thank you for your review. It really helps the show grow. Thank you guys. Have a great week, everybody. And I can't wait to be back next week where we're going to be talking about the favorite four-letter acronym that I have that helps me to create great lighting. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin 
with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks.